If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Our screen in the back is out uh, on vacation, and we will just do the best we can till they get back. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the words spoken by angels were steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its power. We thank you for the blood. And Lord, we thank you for washing our sins away when we ask you to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse our heart and to hear our prayers. Lord, I thank you for the privilege to call you our Father and the privilege to call upon you in prayer. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd speak through me today the words that needs to be spoken to not only to myself as I have looked and, and pondered this scripture, but as it speaks to those that are in the pew this morning. And Lord, you have a word for us, and I pray that you'd help our spiritual ears to be open to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I asked uh, Brother Rusty if he would put some batteries in my clock up here. And uh, he graciously did, and he ran the clock up 10 minutes faster. So we, we've got to get on with this. So if I go over, just tell Rusty thank you, okay? Because I've already thanked him. No, I'm, he did put batteries, but the thing says it's 15 after 11. Is that about where it's supposed to be? Is that right? Well, at least we own the same clock. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, let me just share this with you about the Lord's Word. Therefore, I'm so glad he put it there. And he put it there for a reason. He's put there to call attention to the things that's already been said. I don't have to tell you and hopefully convince you that the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth as a baby, grew up, became a man, hung on a cross, died for your sins and mine, buried, three days later, rose from the grave, and showed himself no less than 40 days to let others know he was alive, according to the scriptures, okay? That's what's so great about being a Christian. We don't have to try to convince them of what we believe, but we convince them through the holy word of God. There's never been a more urgent time than we have right now to be sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. You heard Mark mention how many millions in America that don't have any affiliation with church, let alone the Lord Jesus Christ. It is, I mean, it's, it's staggering when you think about no matter where you go in this world, whether you go to the filling station, the grocery store, the Dollar Generals, the place where you hang out, the barber, the beauty shop, that somewhere in that place there are lost people. What are we doing about it? 
You know, what are we doing about reaching the lost? Or, and I'm going to tell you, where most of us are, and you don't have to agree with me, but most of us, here we are. We're saved, we're thankful, but we are afraid to witness. Right? Come on, church. Why? Why are we so afraid to, when we have the best news of all? I'm thankful that we still can go into the public school. Oh, good news of Jesus Christ. And the little kids just flock up to you. They want a, they want a hug. You know, I think sometimes those little children probably, the only hug they get is when they come to Good News Club. A lot of times the only meal they get is at, at the school three times a day. You say, well, it's like three meals is enough. This is not for a little child. Their tank's not as big as some of ours. And they get hungry. The adult crowd in this world today don't realize they're hungry spiritually. You and I have to tell them. You and I have to lead them. You and I have to help them and convince them according to the scriptures that they need Jesus. That's the greatest need in the world. Listen, God loves you, and so does Jesus. And we need to get the message out. We have it. It's ours. If we're saved, we freely receive it. And the Bible says we freely need to give it away. Well, I just give this thing a title. Be careful, don't slip. Be careful. Don't slip. Let's look at this this portion of God's Word. Uh, The writer to the Hebrews helps every believer to start right here. Every believer. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Okay? What have we heard? Well, we we know all about Jesus if we're saved, okay? We know that he was born of a virgin and we know about his life and and his death and his resurrection. And listen, we also ought to know and be expecting the return of Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm looking for him. And the sooner the better. Now we're all going out of here one way or the other. We're either going feet first or head first or we're going. And the thing about it is, a lot of folk are not ready. They're not ready, and it's up to us to prepare the way. First of all, we really need to to pay attention because we have heard the truth. Now, once we got it, what do we do with it? Okay, what do we do with the truth? A person, you give somebody something, and a lot of times they say, well, what do you want me to do with it? Give it away. You know, yesterday was a a long day for us, up way before daylight, left home before daylight, and then all over the place, and and, um, we needed to head toward Georgia, so while we down in Georgia, we thought we would get a bite to eat, and we were trying to figure out where to go, and Lynn said, well, let's go to Cracker Barrel, that was a good choice. As we walked in, we were speaking to people as we walked along, and over there in the corner sat one man by himself. I smiled and I spoke, and he did. I sat down. We ordered our meal. We prayed over our meal. And uh, through the course of our eating, 
Uh, the little waitress was gracious. Oh, she kept my glass running over with sweet iced tea. So we left her a good tip, and she says, You guys don't have to pay when you get ready to go. Said, Your meal has already been paid for. I looked around. I couldn't see one soul that I knew or ever had even laid eyes on. And that kind of thing bothers Lynn because she's a thank you note writer. <laughs> she's a thank you note writer. She's tearing her nerves up. She says to the waitress, well, who done it? She said, I don't know. Can't tell you. I told Lynn, I said, I'll bet it was that man right over there. Angels. Unaware, he got up from his table, walked past us, didn't look, didn't speak, just walked right on and out. Can't prove it was, but we have heard. The Bible talks about angels being in our midst and we are not even recognizing it. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard in witnessing it's not so much that we are afraid we're just not sure exactly how we need to share it and the best thing to do is just tell them what's happened to you tell them what's happened to you I recently heard this person said well my testimony is not really it's just not my testimony is nothing I was a child and I went forward, confessed my sins and prayed and invited Jesus into my heart and I was baptized. What's great about that? Hey, that is your story. Nobody has your story. And you need to tell your story to those around about you. Don't be shy. Don't be backwards. The person that you know you need to speak to probably lost and without you telling them, you may be their last chance, their last opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior. It is an urgent time, y'all, to be sharing Jesus. The greatest gift that any could, of us could ever receive is eternal life. Hey, now let's face it. On the physical side, we want to live as long as we can and get along as good as we can forever how long it lasts. But as we get older, you know, hey, well, I'm going to this doctor and that doctor, and I'm thinking, the uh, other day, uh, come out of the doctor's office, and I says to Lynn, I said, how in the world, if I worked a public job, would I ever have time to go to the doctor? I mean, just go to this doctor, go over here to this doctor, and, and go down and got to pick up your medicine. And I mean, it's just one thing after another that pulls us and distracts us from doing uh, what we need to be uh, about doing. But we've heard uh, the truth, and we need to share the truth uh, because, listen, we, we know better. We know we ought to be doing it, but we have what we call distractions. I want you to listen to these distractions. Don't take them wrong. These are distractions that I've heard, okay? Now you listen. Some people say, well, I could do more than I'm doing, but I got these kids I got to look after. Well, whose fault's that? I mean, did you go shopping? Say, I want to pick me out a kid today. I'm going down to Walmart see if I can find one. You know, hey, no, you didn't do that. These kids, 
Well, you know, I got my old parents, an old man, old woman I'm having to take care of now. I can't come like I used to. It's a drag. Well, they mark it down. You'll be in the drag for long if you live. Well, you know, preacher, I would have come last Sunday. It's pouring down rain, and I couldn't afford to get sick, so I, I stayed at home. You know, preacher, I got to work overtime. Taxes is coming. I'm going to owe a wad. You know, preacher, our government's just not fair. He's running me to death. I just can't do like I want to do. Wars, hey, I, I'm, I got wars on my mind, and they're 75 years old, and ain't a thing I can do about it. You know, the drugs is taking ever over. I, I'm having trouble with that. In fact, I've been, I've been taking something for cholesterol, and preachers got me where I can't even walk, so I, I'm just staying at home. One man said it's other women. I can't leave other women alone. And the woman said it's other men. I just, you know, hey, I just, I'm just drawn to them. You don't believe that. I'm telling you what I've heard. <laughs> Distractions. What do we do in here if one person gets up and heads to the bathroom? I want to say, would you go help them? <laughs> They're on their way to the bathroom. Now, I won't say I've never had to urge while I'm preaching, okay? Well, how would you feel if I said, well, excuse me a minute, I got to go to the restroom. Uh, get somebody to come up here and pray and lead a song. I'll be back in a minute. Distractions. Well, I hope you're not guilty of this. Got your smartphone out and you're playing a game or either you're texting somebody on the other side of the building and say, hey, can you hear him? Can you see him? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Distractions. Ball games. Hey, I would have been there, but my young'un's playing ball. You know, I had young'uns. They played ball. It griped me, but it wasn't a thing I could do about it. Practicing on Wednesday. Ball games. On Sunday during church, distractions. Do you think God's happy with these distractions? No, He's not happy with a one of them. Passing notes. My kids are unhappy, so I didn't come to church. Hey, I'll tell you what I did. I told the hind end up, we went anyway. Some of you are distracted because you've lost your job, and hey, that's understandable. And there's a host of other things that distract us. Let me tell you something. The devil puts these distractions out there so you and I will have a good excuse. Well, I just didn't come because, you know. Well, but I'm going to get up and go to work in the morning, sick or whatever. I'm going to my job. That's what pays my living. You don't pay me nothing here, preacher. So, well, you don't expect to get paid, do you? You pay to get in. You pay to get out. Everywhere you go, you got to pay. Sometimes you just pay attention. <laughs> Lynn said, that's why God called me to preach. I couldn't pay attention. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you're talking about distractions. I, I knew a man once, and this was his distraction. I don't have any in my pocket this morning, but he, he would just rattle his change. You know, his change, just constantly rattling his change. I want to say, give me that money. And I had another one. He whoop out his pocket knife. He's sitting there cleaning his fingernails, you know. There are all kinds of things that distract people. Let me just share this with you. Please don't do anything in here that would distract a lost person from accepting Christ. Please don't do that. 
Let me tell you something. God's word is absolute. As we look at verse 2 says, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and it was to, it was binding. Now I think about those, uh, those angels that came when Jesus was born and they, they were shouting glory to God in the highest. Why were they doing that? It was a message that they had uh, from, the, from God to bring to the, to the people. Listen to this statement. You won't, you won't accept this first, but do you think about it? From Genesis to Revelation, they do not contain the word of God. They are the Word of God. You know, it's God's holy Word. It's not my Word. It's not your Word. It is God's Word. And listen, He took the Word and spoke this world into being. Just spoke and it happened. And then He stepped back and said, and it was good. But then the devil come along and said, surely He didn't mean all of that. Surely He didn't say all of that. Preacher, uh, you know, we live in, in, in 2018. You mean we've got to go by the Bible? Listen, the Bible is relevant no matter what year we're in, no matter how young, how old, how middle-aged we are. The Bible is relevant for today. If it says so, do so. I didn't say it, but God said it. I, I want to jump back up there to verse 1 again. It says, uh, heed the things which we have heard. Why? Lest we at any time should let them slip, should fall away from what we know to be doing is right. Yes, I have been in a backslidden condition before. I know what it is to backslide. And I wonder and think sometimes, why do we allow ourselves to backslide on God? But you read all through the Bible and you'll find guys and ladies who backslid on God. Why? Because the devil is powerful. You'll see to it. And when we're in that backslidden condition, we'll say, well, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to embarrass my family. So I'll just slide, slide in church and slide out and try not to be noticed. You know something? You can't hide from God. I tried running. It didn't work either. You run into him. You can't do that. You've got to trust the Lord. Give him all your heart and your soul and your mind. In verse 2 it says, For if the word spoken by angel was steadfast, and it was every transgression. Transgression is here is, is sins of commission. Committing those transgressions, sins. But he says also, and disobedience. Disobedience, the sins of omission, omitting to do that which is right. For him to know to do right and not do it to God the Father, it is sin. Bottom line, it's sin. Now, you, know, you see, not only is God's word absolute, but, but God punishes sin. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, the, the, uh, excuse me, 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Death. Would there be anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. Would there be anybody in here right now that would want to die at this very instant? Right now. Die. Boom. You think about it. You know what? We are one heartbeat. We are one step away from dying. Leaving this world. Are we ready for that? Are we prepared for that? 
There, there are no layovers. Once we die, it's just like Jesus told that thief. Today, you can be with me in paradise, he said. He didn't say, I'll take you over here and leave you in this room. And, and a doctor will come by and check you. Uh-uh, no. When you dead, you dead. You've left this body. Your soul's going somewhere. And it's going where you have prepared it to go. There are no in-betweens. So what do we know? Well, I know, and I hope you know, you've been forgiven. Um, the word therefore, therefore we are to encourage others to seek forgiveness. We are therefore, we are to invite others to come. Come, go to church with me. You know, one of the things that I found that really get to a daddy is when their children or their grandchildren says, Daddy or Papa, why don't you go to church with us? Why don't you go to church with us? If that Papa and that Daddy don't change and do different, they're going to hear God say, Why didn't you? Why didn't you accept my son? Why didn't you? We need to share the gospel, folks. We don't have a choice. We need uh, to know we have been forgiven. And a second thing there, we need to know we, we've been changed. Um, Paul said that, that we're new creatures. All the old things that we know about is passing over and gone. Um, we do not need to ask. Is our lifestyle different? We know if it's different or not. We know if we're doing what God wants us to do or not. Just be faithful to Him. Read His Word. You know, hey, be there for those that would have a need. Uh, we know we, we have been given life because Jesus said He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father without coming through Him. And so if we have accepted Him... That is life, and we have that life in us. Well, if we look at, look at this scripture, uh, there, verse, verse 3 says, How shall we escape? We've heard the word, okay? And, and, and most of us in here probably have heeded the word. We've accepted Christ. But what are we going to do with it? What are you going to do with that which God has given us? You know, I can't imagine uh, at the house just having one Bible. I can't imagine just me having one Bible. I've got many. I don't even know how many I've got. But hey, they're, they're God's holy word. And when I get a new one, I always check it out and make sure, hey, is this a real genuine Bible? Does it speak of the blood? Does it speak of the virgin birth of Jesus? Does it talk about the return of Jesus? I crossed paths of some Jehovah Witnesses this week and the first thing the man says to me he said you know who we are don't you I said yes sir I know who you are he didn't know who I was I didn't tell him till a little bit deeper in the conversation but he was nice he was nice we talked about going to heaven. We talked about God Almighty. I talked to him about Jesus dying for our sins. Now, what are you done with it? Hey, what do you do with it? I've given it to you. What are you going to do with it? 
We need to know him. Well, when we share, we share with the lost crowd. We need to let them know they can be forgiven, okay? And tell them, say, hey, I'm a sinner, but I'm a saved sinner. Now, that may not make sense to them, so you share them that the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, I'm not above you. I'm not any different from you other than I've been saved, <clears throat> excuse me, and I want you to be saved. What I have, I want you to have. And so we have to show them, and then they have to trust us, and they have to love us. We were talking about our family. You know, family is the hardest people to witness to, it seems. And Lynn, she said, I never could witness to my daddy. All I would do is cry. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It was not easy for this old boy to talk to his daddy-in-law. I knew, I knew that he liked me, okay? He may, or may not have loved me. I don't know about that. But I, I know that he liked me. And I knew, I knew time was drawing short, and I knew, it looked like to me, I was the only one that was going to get to do anything toward talking to him about Jesus. And long story short, he got saved just a while before he left this world, and I had the privilege of baptizing him. Why is it so hard to witness to your family? Because they know us. And the devil says, oh, they're not going to listen to you. They know what you used to be. Well... You know, I can't help what I used to be now. That's, that's over and done with. And, and I'm going to tell you something. My sins have been forgiven, but I have not forgot about it. And that's what haunts me is the past that the devil keeps bringing up. Well, let me tell you something. We not only need to ask God to forgive us, but sometimes my problem is I don't want to forgive myself or I can't. It's hard to forgive yourself. Because when I think back about my past, everything I've done in my past that I knew was wrong, I knew when I was doing it, it was wrong. The devil sees to it that it looks right, it sounds right, it smells right, it tastes right, so why come? Why come I can't? You can't hide from God. Remember Adam and Eve? They sinned. They realized they was naked. They began to get afraid. So they sewed some kind of leaves together, covered up their nakedness, and then they hid, they thought, from God. But God came looking for them. He knew where they were. But the question was, Adam, where are you? It was not that God didn't know where he was. The thing is, do you know where you are in this life? Do you, do I know where we are in this life? My daddy went to the doctor on Friday after having laid brick all day. Went to his cardiologist because he's under a cardiologist's care. He checked him out, blood pressure, pulse, all the things that the, a cardiologist can check. And he said, Luther, you're the best shape I've ever seen you in. That was Friday. He had a massive heart attack on Sunday, like to die. The doctors can only diagnose. The doctor can suggest, but it's God Almighty who will be the one that keeps this ticker ticking or takes you out of here and myself. And that's why it's so important to be ready. Well, you know, we can be forgiven. We can be changed in a moment when we accept Christ as our Savior and we can be given life. That life is eternal life. Let me give you three tenses right quick of, of of, of our salvation in three tenses. The Christian 
has been saved. Okay, if you've been saved, you've been saved. The Christian is being saved from the habit and the power of sin. Oh, it's still there. You mark it down, it's in our brain. We know what we used to be. We know what we used to do. And thirdly, the Christian will be saved from all the infirmities that are in the, as a result of sin. When we ask for forgiveness, all of our past is gone. God said, I don't remember it anymore. We're only going to answer. Listen, every Christian in this room right now, when <clears throat> we stand before God, the only thing we've got to answer for is from the time we were saved up until God calls us home. That's what we're responsible for. From there backwards, we're no longer responsible for that. But the devil brings it up, you see, to drag us down, to hinder us, to keep us from doing what God wants us to do and to come and be. Okay? Now, look at it again. Verse 3, how shall we escape? If we neglect, if not that we reject this salvation, but if we neglect the salvation. You know how we neglect the salvation God's freely given us? We neglect it when we fail to read his word. We neglect it when we fail to pray. We neglect it when we fail to come to God's house. We eat, most, most of us eat two to three meals a day, right? Our salvation, our spiritual soul needs to be fed. How shall we escape if we neglect this great salvation, feeding it the word of God, talking to God and thanking him for it? How shall we escape? We will not escape. That's how it is. Notice the verse. This great salvation. It at first began to be spoken by the Lord. Jesus spoke about it. He told old Peter, you remember? Peter was a follower of his. And Jesus said, Peter, son, you, you're going to deny me. You're going to swear up and down. You're going to cuss. You're going to do all kinds of things to, to say you don't know. Oh, not me, Lord. It was spoken of by the Lord, and it happened. So not only was it spoken of by the Lord, and was confirmed, that's what's great, unto us by them that heard him. By those old prophets, by all those disciple boys, by the holy word of God. When you open up, listen, when you open up the word of God, you are reading God's holy word that was spoken to these men and women under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. They wrote it down for you and for me. So we could have it. So what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it this morning? Well, the thing about it is we need to do something with it. So let me give you this right quick. I meant to give you this. I'm sorry. What is the cure for slipping? If we don't want to slip, what's the cure? We've got to be careful in our day-to-day -day habits. In our day-to-day -day habits. Why? Because people are watching us. Make sure Christ is the anchor and the rudder of life. And looking for and expecting Jesus to come will give us the stability we need so we don't slip. So we don't slip. And you know what's sad? Sometimes Christians, as they slip, as we slip, will drag somebody down with us. We need to stay on top of it. We can't afford, not listen, we can't afford one minute without Jesus. You can constantly ask him to forgive you. He, he says he hears the cries of his children. So I beg you, please, stay close to the Lord. Read his word, pray, be in his house. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to call you our Father. Thank you for the privilege to share your holy word today. Lord, I know that I've probably been scattered this morning, but God, I pray, oh Lord, I pray that you'd bring it all together, that you'd speak to hearts that needs to be spoken to today, that we would trust you with all we have, so when our time comes to leave this world, we'll know that we've done what's right with what you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen.